Before we begin, I have a brand new website, poeticearthlings.com. Also, while you're there, please leave a comment about the episodes. I'd love to hear from you. Okay, Space Lady, start the show. Greetings to all sentient life forms in the universe. Welcome to Poetic Earthlings, a show that will provoke, inspire, and alter your perception. Here's your host from a remote location south of the 49th parallel, York Campbell. My pale-skinned brother, south of the border, may have to pay for the sins of his ancestors by forking over hard-earned dollars into Tyra Banks' account. Even though he lives in a trailer park and has to struggle to put food on the table, his money will be sent to the more deserving souls, those with a darker complexion, regardless of their financial situation, as if throwing money at a problem would remove white guilt and bring the nation into racial balance. My pale brother's grandfolks never owned a human. They were dirt-poor Europeans without a pot to piss in and worked the dry earth with blood and sweat. Humanity is more complicated than our complexion, but we focus our lenses on the surface, look at our facial features, and confine us into groups. I guess the world is less scary when things have labels so we can distinguish one group from the other, but we apply the labels with permanent markers and assign each group its marching orders forgetting our place in the universe that's connected by a single uterus that's not infected by the stigma of colors. But my opinion is unpopular. It doesn't fit into the social agenda of injustice and oppression. I took a DNA test and found out I'm more Native American than Elizabeth Warren. Hmm. I think I missed my true calling. I should have become a politician. Tree-hugging liberal and the gun-carrying capitalist, they live across the street from each other. One is a Bernie Sanders loyalist. The other is a Trump supporter. One believes in equal wealth distribution, bigger government, and social programs. The other wants less government intervention, stronger borders, and corporate incentives. The two couldn't be further apart from each other. Even though they have the stars and stripes waving on their flagpoles, white picket fences, and a George Foreman grill. Sometimes he looks over her fence, catches a glimpse of her socialist children as they divide the Barbies in equal amounts and take turns pissing on the G.I. Joe action figures. 
He's a spitting image of the neighbor's kids. From their square noses and freckled faces, from their hand gestures and mannerism. But it's too bad they became socialist. Occasionally, she looks over his fence, catches a view of the Trump supporter, turning his T-bone steak on the George Foreman grill. Happy times comes to mind as she remembers the previous July 4ths and how they used to recline on the lawn chairs. He wasn't ignorant then, but that all changed when he became a conservative and believes every word his leader inserted and secretly gave money to build the wall. Now, they live just a few feet away from each other. He's married to Trump. And we are in the 21st century. And I talked about relevance. She's married to Bernie. You got the top 1% earning more wealth than the bottom 92%. As they light their firecrackers and pledge their allegiance. Trump came out of the uterus, small and frail, curious and innocent, a blank page with no rough edges, no financial scandals and political connections. We were all little stumps, like Trump, in diapers and a bottle in our mouth, cute as mom's apple pie, sweet and tender like a lamb. Universe started in a cosmic soup gave birth to quasars and stars and eventually you. You're not much different than Trump. You learned how to walk and talk. You bumped your toe, burned the food and lost the keys to the house. You fell in and out of love. You experienced sunrises and sunsets, stomach upsets and cliffhangers. You may not be commander in chief with your secret police and bulletproof plane globetrotting the world for photo ops, making crude remarks and getting millions of likes. But who cares? Not everyone is created to lead a superpower, to have the nuclear codes under his fingertips, to be scrutinized and criticized for random tweets. Most of us are products of other people's decisions tossed around like dust particles in the universe. I'm sure the cosmos serves a purpose, and we're not seven billion strangers on a one-way adventure. I'm sure Trump serves a purpose, and he's not another white face occupying the Oval Office. And I hope we have once again reminded people that man is not free unless government is limited. There's a clear cause and effect here that is as neat and predictable as a law of physics. And therefore, I think this country will continue its commitment to support the world of freedom. For as we discharge that commitment, we are heeding the command which Brigham Young heard from the Lord more than a century ago, the command he conveyed to his followers, go as pioneers, 
to a land of peace. I sat in the back seat of an Uber, thinking that in a week or two from now, my country, the one with a maple leaf flag and a humble beaver as our mascot, is poised to have a general election. Squaring off is a few left-wing parties and one conservative. If you're Canadian, you have a burning sense of obligation to cast your vote. Who wouldn't want to participate in strengthening our democracy for future generations? You have to be a cold-hearted, unpatriotic slime bucket not to vote. Some people in other countries risk hell and high water, fisticuffs and bullets to make it to the ballot box. My Uber driver was telling me all about it. He risked his life to vote. Same with all of his other family members. Some of them didn't make it out alive. What do we risk in freedom-loving Canada? Nothing. We bask in the glory of our universal health care and our endless supply of maple syrup. I always pointed a dirty finger at those freeloaders who refused to vote. But now, I hate to admit it, I'm one of them. Reason? The party I pledged allegiance to has abandoned their values. They resemble all the other parties. The Uber driver, he's from Somalia. For me, that sounds like another planet since their culture is so alien from mine. He talked about his government's brutality and the former dictator that ruled with an iron fist. He wanted to vote, but he's new to this country. At least he has a legitimate excuse, unlike me. When I got out of the Uber, his speech lingered in my head and made me uncomfortable. To be honest, I didn't study all of the political parties. I went out on half-truths and questionable conclusions. If I care for this country, I need to have a say in who governs it. Dictators and demagogues thrive when the citizens are silent. I don't think Canada would turn into Somalia, but why take the chance? to opportunity and prosperity. Yes, we can heal this nation. Yes, we can repair this world. Yes, we can. And so tomorrow, as we take the campaign south and west, as we learn that the struggles of the textile workers in Spartanburg are not so different than the plight of the dishwasher in Las Vegas, that the hopes of the little girl who goes to the crumbling school in Dillon are the same as the dreams of the boy who learns on the streets of L.A. We will remember that there is something happening in America, that we are not as divided as our politics suggest, 
that we are one people, we are one nation, and together we will begin the next great chapter in the American story with three words that will ring from coast to coast, from sea to shining sea. Yes, we can.